0: Let's work. Come on. Let's work. Come on. Let's work. Come on. Let's work. Come on let's you can wish for it or you on, can work. work for it. You got to work for greatness let's work. Let's work. If you ain't
1: working, let's work. Let's work. you should be working. Come on. Let's work.
0: Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This episode is brought to you by The Work Squad, which is the support group you need when you are dedicated to your dream. Our private online accountability community is the perfect place for you to connect, exchange ideas, and get the keys you need to crush your goals. For details on how you can join The Squad, log on to Slay. So today we are talking about one of my favorite topics, travel, and we are talking about it with a true travel industry influencer and leader, Ms. Claire Soares. Claire is the creator and brains behind Up in the Air with Claire, a luxury travel tour business whose mission is to encourage more African Americans to experience the wonders of the world beyond traditionally traveled channels. I'm super excited to talk to you. Claire, are you ready to confess? I am, let's go. Okay, so (laughs) I I love, I know this first answer is gonna be good. I can't wait to hear it. I love starting out the conversation by just asking how you started your career um, because I always find it so interesting how our passions tend to lead us away from our profession. So what did you actually start
1: your career out doing? So I started out in corporate sales. I was doing that for a little over a decade at a large Fortune 500 company, ironically working with travel software. So I was one of the software engineers. So I would go out and talk to like Microsoft, Google, and all these companies about how to efficiently efficiently track their employees traveling and provide them all the tools they need so that they can fill out their expense reports.
0: And what was the, um, the inspiration behind your transition? I mean, I can assume that you had a love for travel and that that is what led you to creating this amazing travel brand. But what was that experience or that moment in time that you realized that there was something more for you beyond that corporate career?
1: Right. So I've been planning trips since I was, you know, in high school. And so in high school, I remember I, I planned our senior class trip to Six Flags. And then after that, like, you know, I would always be that person in my group to be like, hey guys, let's go here. And so through like planning different, you know, trips with my friends, I think I ended up planning, I got, I got chosen to plan a yacht week in Croatia back in like 2012. And as I was planning that, I decided to create a travel company instead of a travel blog. And that's literally where it started. And that's because coming from a sales background, when for sales for top achievers, they have this trip called the incentive these the incentive, incentive trips called uh, President's Club. And so what happens is once you hit your number every year, they take you on this elaborate vacation where every day you come back to your room and you have all these surprises. They'll give you a little note card signed by the CEO saying that Tiffany's is down in the lobby today. So go in and pick out your favorite gift. And so from being able to travel like that, and then also traveling on my own in different circles and seeing that nobody was doing anything more elaborate, more tailored to really make people feel really great. That's how up and near life was birthed because I got tired of staying in hostels or staying in places that weren't super nice. And I just figured that there was a group of black professionals or minorities that wanted to go on these more elaborate vacations, but they didn't know anybody who was doing it. So this turned into a way to introduce people to a different lifestyle.
0: Okay. Speaking of a different lifestyle, this was not on my list of questions, but I just got back from MedSailors literally like 48 hours ago. I back, got back from Med Sailors, and Med Sailors is not similar to Yacht Week, but it's a sailing tour that I'm sure you've heard of, right? This was my first experience on a, it wasn't even a yacht. We were on a, um, what's it called? What's the boat with the two, um, uh, the little catamaran, catamaran on a catamaran uh-huh. for seven right. days. And I am not about that life. So I want to know from you, listen, I want to know from you. Cause you do a lot of yachting trips. So talk a little bit about, I don't have a good. Um, opinion about it so I want you to talk a little bit about what this yacht life is like and how you infuse this into your company and what you offer because I love the way you are curating an experience like you said specifically for our demographic that doesn't necessarily get the opportunities um you know to be exposed to this type of thing because we were like the black boat you know like the only people on the right industry. right that you know we're people of color so it was definitely an experience that was unique for us but how are you infusing experiences like this in your business
1: right so I think one of the things that makes what we do differently at up in the air life is that not only are we looking at luxury experiences but taking those experiences and then tweaking them so people can come as they are so like if you're on an experience with us we're listening to Marvin Gaye we're listening to Cardi B you know, so you don't have to come and you and basically um, code switch during the trip. Like you're around people that look like you. So I just googled Med Sailors and I can see Med Sailors has two different kind of boats. They've got the monohull boats and the big catamaran boats. And so for our luxury yachting trips that we do, we do two different types. Um, we do one that's on a mega yacht, which is a boat that has four different levels. We charter that boat, and that's all throughout Croatia. And on that boat, they have a huge dining room, they've got a jacuzzi on top, we sail around. And so what makes that luxury is all your rooms have are like a hotel room, and you have like a full size bathroom and shower, there's a chef on board, you get three course meals for breakfast, lunch and dinner, Um, or we take you out into town, we stop at all the different stops. Um, And then we also have like swag that we do. And so with these luxury experiences, they're normally like five-star, whether it's we're going to China and we stay at the St. Regis, or we're going to South Africa and we're staying at one of the top award-winning safaris where we can do like unique activities like ATV riding and breeding camps, which you literally can't do that almost anywhere in the world. And so taking these experiences and just really making it so that you can come on vacation and be comfortable, be comfortable with people that look like you, that talk like you, that share other unique experiences and what our customers tell us ultimately i think what's key is just being able to go to these places with dope people that you're going to connect and want to like take that friendship further and do something outside of this seven-day adventure that you went on
0: so aside from travelers who are seeking the luxury experience would you say that you cater to like what type of traveler would you say that you cater to? Because what I've learned is that there are definitely different types of travelers. There are like the Rachel travels of the world. Who's like in the local villages, you know, hanging out with the people. I am I like, love <laughs> I love
1: Rachel. I
0: love Rachel. She's hands down. She was episode like 13 and she's still my favorite interview it was such a great conversation. I love her so much. Um, But I know that I'm like resort life all day long, the all-inclusive, basic resort life kind of girl. Would you say that you cater to a specific type of traveler? And if so, what type of traveler would that be?
1: So if I had to pick a type, I would say most of our clients are really busy professionals, meaning they don't have time to plan their trips. Number two, they're professionals that appreciate luxury meaning they're not gonna wanna skimp on a hotel. They're gonna wanna stay at one of the leading hotels of the world wherever we go. So those of you that aren't familiar, if you Google uh, LHW, leading hotels of the world, it is a very premier uh, brand of hotel collections that if you go to any of these hotels, oftentimes they have butler service, um, they have really nice quality linen beds. And so if you've never stayed at these properties, it's hard to imagine um, what those experiences are like But essentially, there are people that want to go rest, and they want to have a high caliber of customer service. They want to be taken care of. So most of our clients don't read a lot of the itinerary. They just show up. And on our trips, we have uh, tour leaders, which are almost like concierges and your friends, your family friends, because they hang out with you. They tell you all the cool stuff to do. So you really don't have to do anything. So our customers, I would say, are people who don't want to do the planning themselves. They want to have a very luxurious Um, vacation but they also want to have it rich in experience and so even though we're luxury I think there is a uh, misnotion that you can't be luxury and also have a connect locally well that's not true so like our Brazil trip is a great example where our curator we curate all of our trips in-house which is different and not only do we curate them in-house but we go and spend a lot of time that destination so our Brazil curator has been to Brazil a hundred times so as you can imagine, like nobody else can curate a trip to Brazil like we can. Um, in fact, what's funny is that um, the last time I was flying, we saw a video by Condé Nast talking about the best of Brazil by Condé Nast, and most of the places that they had in there are all places we've been having in our trips for years. So it was kind of validation for us as a luxury, a small luxury boutique company that we know what we're talking about. Um, And so, yeah, so those professionals that like luxury, definitely not the people that want to plan everything or skimp on hotel, I would say. They want to be picked up in Mercedes, those types of little nuances to provide that ultimate trip.
0: What would you say is one destination that you believe all Black women need to experience?
1: Oh, that question. Oh, that's a good one. I would say... My favorite trips are two different places. Like, one of my favorite trips is definitely South Africa. Um, our South African trip is amazing from start to finish. Um, you get to experience the beautiful culture um, in Josie. So, we start out in Johannesburg and we're in Josie. We stay at the Saxon Hotel, which is the best property, um, in my opinion, when you talk about luck, stay at in South Africa. Um, we get to experience some amazing dining uh, with Chef Sansa there who does like a Pan Africa plate and then also we experience a lot of local things like Neighbor Good, which is like a local um, I almost want to say it's almost like if you're from the DC area they have called like uh, it's like Union Street or Union Market um, and it's where they have all these amazing vendors come together they sell food they sell Um, clothing items and you can just really do like a great shopping um, experience there. Um, And then also we run away to like a nice safari camp, one of the award-winning camps. So it's a trip that has a lot of culture and then it also has a safari that everybody wants to experience. But then in addition to that, we also take it down to Cape Town. Um, Cape Town to me reminds me a lot of Rio de Janeiro. Um, Rio is one of the places I think has one of the most vibrant cultures amazing uh and Cape Town has really good food really good visuals beaches a lot of stuff to do and they also have a rich history that can be triggering but also it's a good um learning opportunity to kind of learn what it's like there um when I look at Cape Town it reminds me of like the U.S. 50 years ago because they just ended segregation uh 50 years after us in South Africa
0: You know what I've realized is that regardless of whether you are in Cuba or St. Thomas or here in California, people of color um, seem to be having the same struggle all around the world. I mean, seeing and seeing that struggle uh, being the same all around the world can be uh, disheartening um what would you say in your experience is the perception of black people globally and, and the first part of the question is what do you think the perception is and then do you think there's anything we can do about it or should we even be concerned with doing anything about it
1: okay so really good really good question it's kind of so many different answers so first and foremost i feel like as a black person traveling abroad, when you travel ablo- abroad, depending on where you go, a lot of times you're not looked at as being black or white. This whole black or white thing is really a U.S. thing. It's not necessarily abroad. When you go abroad, people are looking at you like you're American or they want to know where you're from in Africa. So, I, you know, we're not looked upon as a black person when I go to Italy per se. I'm looked upon as an American, actually, um, and they don't refer to us. I would say a lot of times abroad they wouldn't necessarily refer to you as being African. They would more so refer to you as being American. Because when they when you open your mouth, you sound like an American. And that and being lumped into that American category usually goes along with them feeling that you have money because you're an American. So and it's interesting because when we leave the US, I think that we are probably more respected, in my opinion, in most of the places that I've gone, whether it's, you know, Europe, Asia, you know, I really haven't had a lot of problems. There are some cities like Madrid that I've had some issues, but in a lot of the cases, I feel like as an American traveler, you are treated better. Now, I will say that in a lot of those places, if you are lumped into the category or they believe like you're African, a lot of times there are like a lot of negative things that can happen. Um, As well, because you are black and you look African, and and so it's kind of interesting that when you go abroad, it turns into an African thing versus a black or white thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, So, so I mean, for me, I actually uh, don't live in the U.S. I spend most of my time in Mexico, where I live, and you know, being around Mexicans, I don't, I can't say I experience any type of prejudices. Or racism because they don't look at me as I'm black. They look at me as I'm American and I'm not from there, but I don't have any issues. I love living there. It's actually a great escape from being in the U S when I do come back in the States where I am now, I'm in Virginia, you know, it's a lot of stress because there's the Trumpism stuff that's going on. And I feel like it's more stressful being back home because there's just constantly in your face with racism and different challenges. So to answer your question, I just feel like, as a black American, when I travel abroad, I feel better and I'm, I worry less and I feel like I'm more respected when I leave the country versus when I'm in my own country. That is so funny and so sad. Um, we were definitely
0: having this conversation um, while we were in Greece, just about how everyone else outside of the United States is so relaxed and stress-free and not worried about the silly little, the rat race that we are basically like caught up in here in um, America and so it's it's terrible that you have to leave home to you know feel that sense of I don't know uh, relaxation or you know your spirit at, is at ease when you are outside of your home country. Um, so to switch um, directions just a little bit for those people who want to see the world like they know that they want to they have not gotten a passport yet. They are afraid to go out and explore the world. Um, I mean, I've heard people say, you know, I'm scared to go to Cancun because of the crime rate. And it's like, girl, you live in New York City. What are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? Exactly. Um, But what is your advice? Because I'm sure you encounter people who are like, man, I would love to do that. But Croatia sounds dangerous. Like, what do you say to people who have all of these limiting beliefs about getting out and seeing the world?
1: I would say first and foremost, you should probably go online uh, to Facebook. You can Google like black travel groups or minority travel groups, and I would recommend you join them and talk to other people that's been those places. If you have like huge concerns about it. Um, I think in most places in general, uh, the crime rates are lower than your U S city. So, you know, but it's easy for me to say, Oh, forget about that. Just go. I think connect with people online on Facebook, get to know people. And if you're still scared, you know, find a buddy through one of these travel groups and go and then you also can travel. There's a host of minority owned travel companies. Like up in your Life that you also can travel with that go to different places in a group. So we go to 20 different destinations. There's a whole dozen plus other different companies that you can travel with that fit your different lifestyle. There's budget travel groups. There's, you know, groups that are more upscale to us who, who specialize in luxury, but go with a group or go with a friend um, and really explore. I mean, I think there's so much to see. And I think, unfortunately, when you stay in the US, it can just be a little overwhelming and negative because of all the things we hear every day. But when you go, it's it's a great escape to also see what's available on another side of the world. So
0: you mentioned all of the amazing travel groups. I'm a part of several um, on Facebook. And being in these travel groups, when ish hits the fan in the travel industry, These groups are Mm -hmm. up in arms. They're talking about it, right? And over the last few weeks, month, the travel industry has definitely been under fire um, in terms of, you know, just people not necessarily getting what they paid for, people not getting what they signed up for, people, I mean, I've read some crazy stories that have been, you know, circulated. And me being in the travel industry myself, it's Mm -hmm. scary. It's scary and it definitely... um, is, is confirmation that you need to have your insurance tight. You gotta have yourself protected at all times. But what is your best advice for someone who may be interested in getting into this industry, but are afraid of the liabilities and responsibility? Because taking a mega yacht full of people to Croatia you know, and you are the CEO of the company, that's a lot of responsibility. How do you, so two parts, how do you handle the responsibility and what's your advice for someone who might be afraid of that responsibility?
1: Right. So two, two prongs. So as a consumer, my recommendation is no matter who you are buying your travel through that you should purchase it on a major credit card. Do not purchase it on your check card. Major credit cards have protection. Uh, so that you can get money back and you have easy mechanisms to uh, do that. Um, Also, you should always be purchasing travel insurance. You can do that through Allianz. Um, AXA has a platinum insurance policy and those policies allow you to cancel your trip often at any time and get 80% back. Um, If you're someone that wants to get into the travel business, I would say you should probably do your research, make sure you have the proper licensing a lot of companies out there do not have any licensing, so they're selling group trips without the proper licensing. There's a travel seller laws that you have to adhere to in several of the states in the US. Um, there's also insurance you need to get to cover errors. Um, and then there's also, you know, making sure your company is set up as a proper business, whether you choose in a corporation or LLC. Um, but I think also if you're a consumer you should do your research. And then if you're trying to build a company, in addition to researching this, I would suggest to get a mentor. I had coaches for the first 18 months of building up in the life. Um, And we started out, um, our first year was like 16,000 in revenue and now we're multi-million. We're not multi-million, but we're multiple million at this point. Um, But it's very difficult to, you know, travel is very risky uh, from a business perspective, first of all. And so this is not something I would say you go in like go into lightly. A lot of people want to say, oh, I want to plan trips. Well, it's not easy. It's very difficult. And I would argue that your first couple of years, you probably aren't going to make that much money. Um, And the reason is just because of your understanding of the industry, your understanding to get comps, your understanding to price your trips correctly. And so there's a lot of moving parts to building, hey, I'm going to offer one trip a year to being at the level where you're offering You know 30 trips a year because there's a lot of cash flow you need to put down deposits and so I would say do your research get mentors get business coaches take out loans but there's a lot of investment that has to come into play into building out this online storefront um, and managing your clients and providing them the best service
0: so I love that you mentioned the pricing factor because I think that a lot of people end up hustling backwards because they create these, they build these businesses and then they don't price themselves accordingly. And they are profiting, but they're not really, or they're bringing in money, but they're not really profiting. They're not really making um, any money. And
1: in
0: your, not in your industry, but with your specific demographic in the luxury travel world, you are talking like some high ticket price points. And one thing that I see um, commonly among, Women specifically and women of color is not charging our worth, not putting that appropriate price tag, um, or not asking, you know, for what we feel like we really truly deserve. And when you say to someone, "Okay, this trip is," I'm just gonna say $10,000. I don't really know, but for you to be able to communicate um, that price point, you have to know your value. So, what is your advice to someone who may be in business but is not? really profiting the way they could be because they're not charging their worth.
1: Um, so I think the number one way to make sure you're covering your expenses is first and foremost, make sure you're buffering whatever. Make Well, first of all, you need to understand how much it costs. Um, and, and this gets to be a little complicated because like for us, for instance, we have tour leaders that host the trip. And so meaning I have Americans that I fly in to wherever we are and they have to get paid, you have to cover their expenses, their food. And so there's a lot of Expense that goes in to do that. But we do that because we create this unique experience to have this host that's there. And so as a business owner, when you're pricing these trips off out, you need to know how much it costs you to support the trip. So if you're going, what are your expenses over there. How much does it cost your back office all of your QA process. We have a QA process, meaning we go out to every destination beforehand. So I probably spend close to five to 10 grand every time we launch a new destination. Why? Because I go out and I actually experience 85% of the itinerary. So there is no surprises on my trip. Well, not no, but there's very little room for surprises. I know exactly what's going to happen. I can tweak you know, all of our tours with our vendors and make sure it's the ultimate experience. And so I would say that a lot of companies do not do that. And so I would say, whoever you're working with, if you're a consumer, you definitely should ask them if they go out and they have a quality assurance process beforehand. Um, And so understanding like how much it's gonna cost you to handle customer service, like we have a customer service team. I have two people that work for me Um, behind the scenes just on supporting customers and logistics and we have other people on our team that do other things as well so there's a lot of things that need to happen we have a website uh, a web web manager that has to update the website with promotions Um, there are so many moving parts it is very very difficult like once you get past like three or four trips and you try to launch 10 20 and deal with a thousand customers, there's a lot of investment that you need to make to make sure your business is scalable.
0: Ooh, in other words, <laughs> that's we need to office together so that your business can be scalable because you can make money doing the three, four trips, but when you really want to start doing the 30, 40 trips, you have to have that infrastructure. You have to have the systems, the staff, um, and the cash flow. Let's not forget about the cash flow that is required for you to be able to um, do the type of of work that you're doing. I know that the ladies listening, um, Claire, are going to be interested in learning more about your upcoming trips. So real quick, can you talk a little bit about some of the destinations that you have coming up and then just share your social media and how we can find more online?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So if anyone wants to find uh, more information about Up in the Air Life, our website is upintheairlife.com. You also can find us on Instagram at upintheairlife. As far as our destinations, we literally go all around the world. Um, We like to categorize our trips into six, uh, five buckets, actually. So we have trips that we call wine and culinary. um, And those trips are like foodie trips. We go to Portugal and we also go to Champagne, France and Cognac, France. And on those trips, we explore the wine and the spirits of those different areas. And we do a lot of pairings, which means you're gonna taste cognac with something sweet like a caramel macaroon. You're gonna meet with different experts on cognac and champagne. We have our in-house wine educator, Julia Coney, who travels with you to these different destinations. Uh, We also have trips in Africa. Uh, We go to South Africa, we go to Ghana, we go to Egypt. So a lot of bucket list type adventures there. Um, We've got our luxury collection of yachting trips to Croatia, BVI, we go to East Africa to the Seychelles, we go to Thailand, Um, and then we also have um, in our World Wonders uh, suite of of trips, we've got China, uh, Brazil to go to Brazil the week before Carnival, um, Egypt that I mentioned already, uh, we go to Peru. I just got back to Peru. Peru's amazing. Peru has the luxury, um, the only, it was the first uh, luxury train ride in South America with Belmont. So we do the luxury train ride up to Machu Picchu and we do like a small hike um, up to up to Machu Picchu. Um, and then we also have some safari trips where we go to Tanzania and Zanzibar. Um, and then wrapping that up with uh, Thailand, we do uh, this year, we're wrapping up our last New Year's Eve Thailand trip, but we're going to relaunch next year with Thailand, kind of other part, other times of the year. So you can go check out the amazingness of what Asia has to offer between uh, Thailand and Singapore and Malaysia. So lots of different choices. Um, just need to decide which one that you like. And where can they find out more details? More details at upintheairlife.com.
0: Claire, I have truly enjoyed this conversation. I am inspired to go get my shit together. Um, I know that the ladies um, listening, those of us who are not balling on a budget are going to be all up and through your website because I'm already on it and the experiences that you have are like no other, especially when it comes to professionals of color. So super excited to be able to share this information. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything (laughs) you need to get everything you want if you're willing to work for it. I love you. See you next week.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.